Hello, everyone. Welcome to Rewind the Movies. It's me, Prog, joined by Andrew, Adam, and Evan Fullhouse tonight. And we're doing seven David Fincher's neo noir psychological crime thriller. I just read that off Wikipedia. Aside from the, I just read that off Wikipedia. That was almost a flawless intro. Yeah, you went to you went to Metro at the end, but um, oh well. you know, I was so out of my comfort zone doing that. I've now got a sweat on my back. Yeah, you're on a roll then, but you just looking absolutely. No, but the, but, the, but the, the first one was almost like an ASMR video. So you could, as long as we have like that in the tagline, include the first the first sort of intro. Oh, we the views had come rolling in. You want me to do an ASMR intro? Should we all just do this podcast like ASMR and see? <laughs> Come on, Ad. I'm not doing. I'm not saying anything. You know, I'm having technical issues. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I didn't even know about this term um, ASMR until last week when we all had a catch up, and um, it's blown my mind. I'm I'm down a rabbit hole. Have like, you been watching loads of hours of ASMR? No, not like watching them like because i'm into it but watching it because i'm like how are people making money from this L- literally like i go to sleep and there it's brilliant <laughs> and most of the time right the ones that are doing quite well have a video of a relatively attractive lady I'm doing um, it as well. I, I would say that's 99.9% of them. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I, know. I don't know what the link is, but there is something going on where they're all bombing hot women <laughs> whispering to mics with some cleave going on. And they've, <laughs> they've they're all getting can I, like, can I just Can I just say no? I think Evan would do quite well with an ASMR video or, you know, uh, speech. Because he's, yeah, nice, he's got the nice Geordie twang. And if he, if he just brought that down to a whisper... I thought you were going to say because I got cleave then. I was like, you cheeky fucking. But it's all, yeah, it's all these like clicks and things as well. You got to put in Nev. <laughs> I don't know what this is. What's he doing? Trying to play with some keys. It's my Harry Potter key ring. You got to like tap a cup. <laughs> Andrew, <laughs> stroke your mic. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Everyone, watch now. One of us is going to fall asleep in a minute and it's going to be fucking chaotic. <laughs> and the other three are going to get hard on. <laughs> I dare us all to stand up right now. <laughs> I'll stand up. I'll just move my laptop up as I'm going up. <laughs> so you see, you're leaving all this in. You've got, you've got to leave all this in. Oh, yeah, you've got to leave this in now. gold, isn't it? Yeah. So what what film are we doing this evening, Andrew? We are doing Seven, starring right. Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman. The voice, Morgan Freeman. That's right, Morgan, yeah. the voice, sorry. And whenever I think of Seven, I um, it automatically just makes me think mid-90s, Brad Pitt. Also makes me think of Fight Club, because, you know, we done them quite close together. Um but I probably haven't seen it for ooh, easily 20 years, probably since university. Um, but I, I quite enjoy this film. It's dark, very dark. But it's, um, I think it's a good film. 
don't know you when you say dark, it. do you mean dark as in the, the theme or the actual lighting is dark? Well, because... there are both, to be honest, isn't there? Yeah. Your liking of this film probably depends on whether you like David Fincher films, because I think this is the archetypal David Fincher film. I would disagree with that because I reckon this is like, I reckon this is like his, I class this as his first movie. I, I'm not, let's just forget about Alien Free. This is the first David Fincher movie in it. But I, I, I will say this is like, um, this is like the sort of like him, like kind of finding his, not find, he's, it's obviously, he's not to find his because he's a great director in this, obviously, but like his films are better after it, if you know what I mean. Like he made better, way better films after Seven, if you catch my drift. What, what 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 else he done? I haven't got a IMDb up. Fight Club, um, Zodiac, Social Network, Gone Girl, Girl with the Dragon Tattoos, didn't he? Benjamin Button, Panic Room, The Game with Michael Douglas. I I I'm a mass I'm a massive fan of David Fincher, but I'm not a massive fan of all his films. But I uh, I really really like Seven, and I would say it's it's in my second tier of David Fincher films. I've got a top three, and then seven is just on the top of the second tier. Come on, What's the top three to, then? you got to tell us, yeah. I, 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 know, I, I know what his top I bet I know what your top three are. Go on. I reckon you're going you're gonna to say Zodiac, Social Network, and Gone Girl. That, that's exactly it, yeah. Yeah. I would, I would have the same... Yeah, actually, I'd probably say the, those are the three best as well, actually, looking at his thing. Those are probably... They, they are his three. I'd say my favourite one is Zodiac by him. I love Zodiac. I've watched Zodiac so many times. And and Social Network, I've watched a lot as well. But Zodiac, I watch. If I'm bored and I don't know what film to watch, I think Zodiac's one of the films I just put on. Have you guys ever seen Zodiac? Yeah, I've, I've seen it once. And yeah. um, what I remember of it, I really enjoyed it. Oh, it was great. I've, I've, he's got a new film coming out now. Um Called the Killer, which is also written by the um, Andrew Kevin Walker, who made who wrote Seven. Yeah, it's so based on a graphic novel, isn't it? Yeah, it's coming up for Netflix. It's got your, it's got one of your favourite actresses in it, Ad. When you say that, that doesn't always. Let me just look at this. You know, Tom oh, oh, Tom York. <laughs> yeah, Tom York's mom. I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with Tilda Swinton. She just looks like Tom York, and she freaks me out a bit. I'm sorry, but. Uh, <laughs> That's just how it is. Yeah, she's very... I liked him. This one. I think she's a very good actress. But you are right. She's very distinctive looking, isn't she? Yeah, she's well, not distinctive. She just looks Tom York. She looks exactly the same as Tom York. It's weird. <laughs> she's, in her, she's in her 60s till this one is, though, which is kind of interesting. She's not that old, is she? Looking good. Anyway, tangent there. Anyone got any specific memories of Seven? First time they watched it? University. I think this was what this was one of the ones I bought on VHS and HMV and a in an offer. When did this come out? Ninety-five. Oh, and so you we well, I, I probably then would have watched it roughly the same time as you. Um, because I don't think I watched it until the university. Um so yeah, it would have been out for about six years, five or six years before we saw it. Yeah. I remember I remember it, I was only about six or seven when it came out. On tape, but obviously I didn't watch. Oh, don't it. tell us your grandmother let you watch it. I didn't watch. No, this isn't a kids' film, man. You a, a kid, as in like it's not like Predator where you can watch it. It's too, it's too, it's too complex for a little kid to to enjoy. Um, um, but what's got? I know. I just remember the video box in my house. I just remember. I always remember like the video box in the house. 
like my mother added or something. And then I think I watched it when I was a teenage, like about 14 or something. And um, just, I, remember, I just remember buying it on DVD uh, when I was about 14 because I was getting into films at that point. Like I was getting into films that weren't horror or strictly horror. And um, yeah, I just remember watching it on there. I thought it was a really good film. I always liked this one. Yeah, I've, I've, I watched this, well, I think, um, when I was in college. So like, so late, you know, six, uh, 16, 17, something like that. But um, yeah, I, I love this film. It's um, it, one of my top five. It's, it, and it's just the, I'd, I'm, I have a, I have a bit of, bit of a soft spot for sort of dark sort of thriller type things. And I think this, this just ticks all the boxes for me. Um, and I, I remember watching this once with my parents and, and me, and me mother, bless her. She, as soon as, as soon as you get, as, as soon as it gets to the point where John Doe gives himself up, she guessed the ending literally straight off. She just turned, turned to us and went, you know, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I think you'd already seen it then. Uh, oh no, yeah. Well, I, t- I told her I'd already seen it anyway, but she, but she wanted to see it, and it was, and it was just, um, yeah. She just turned around and went, oh yeah, that's, um, you know, spoilers. Head in the box. I was just like, fuck off. I bet you. I reckon she watched it first, and then was just like, no, honestly, honestly, no thought. word of a lie. She, she guessed it straight off. I was like, fucking hell. It's, it's horrible when that happens, isn't it? Because I always remember when I watched when Saw came out. I, I loved Saw, and um, I remember I watched it with my mother afterwards because my mother loves horror films as well and i was just like i was really excited to see my mother's reaction to so i then like two-thirds of the way and she's like he's alive and i was just like, oh, man. like i was like Spo- <laughs> spoilers if you've ever seen so but she was like he's alive and i was just like fucking hell mom how'd you get that like you know what i mean it's like yeah. you know what i mean but some people just do don't they They just guess it straight away yeah but i, th- I think for the for this story i'd, I'd... I could only dream of writing something this good. I think this the story's brilliant for me. It's yeah. Typical. It's just the it's the ending, isn't it? The ending's really clever. Like it's just a yeah. It's a really it's, that's the only thing with this film is though you can never you can never recapture the first time you watch this sort of feeling because oh god no. The first mm. time you watch it, like you don't know it's Kevin Spacey as yeah. John Doe and stuff, and it's just like you know it's that unfolding nature to it, isn't it? so. It's one of those ones. It's still good to on a rewatch, but it just never has that same. Well, when he around. when he gives himself up, I remember the first time I watched him. I was thinking, where does this go in? Because there's like half an hour of the film left. Yeah. It's clever, isn't it? Yeah. I can't wait. To, as we get the changes, they're not really changing. But I got some. I got some really funny stuff to talk about around that start line, with, and I can't wait to get into it. But um, we'll, I'm gonna bite my tongue for a bit now because I, I cannot wait to talk about some. You're you gonna be able to last now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. But like, I just got, I've got some amazing questions about this film, which I, I, I know we're gonna puzzle you guys and stuff. But um, anyway, we'll, we'll wait till we get to that part of the podcast. Come on, then. Favorite aspects? What have people got? We've... I got quite a few here so far. Yeah, go I, on, Brock. You go first. All right, I, I'll pick one, and I'm gonna go with David Fincher. I just, I love what he does with the. Uh, don't get me wrong, right? I think the screenplay is really clever. I think it's really well. I think it's well written. It's obviously it's obviously a good film, right? Or it could have it could have been a good film, regardless of as long as you got a decent director to to make it. But I think with with David Fincher, with with his with his eye, and his sort of the way he, he approaches a film, 
and that's evident with stuff that's come after it. I, the atmosphere he creates, like the choice to make sure that it's always raining, mm. and also to give it that uh, that the grittiness of the of the of the water down colour of the of the shots as well. Um, yeah, it just it just feels oppressive from the start, doesn't it? And like, yeah. do you know that opening scene where uh, Morgan Freeman's trying to get to sleep? And he puts he puts on that um, I don't know what it's called on oh, the metronome metronome sorry but yeah um, but even though he puts that on and he's trying to get to sleep you can still hear people arguing outside and I just think with someone like David Fincher you what that the reason why I even though sometimes I don't love the film that he's made I always appreciate what he makes because he's always paying attention to the little details. What what state is this film set in? Isn't it supposed to be Chicago? No, it doesn't say. And no, I, you and never this know. Is the note that I've got because even if you look at the police force, um, it doesn't say like NYPD. It's shot in New York, and it looks like New York. No, 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 it's not shot. It's, I just read that it's shot in LA. But yeah, it's, I, I, I thought I read just, it. Look, oh yeah, go on. Sorry, no, I, just, I just googled it. Now I said it's, but I can't tell. It's like because the film looks like New York, but I was like. But then I just looked it up online. It said it's shot in in California, but it's left like unknown where it's where it's set. Yeah, the police badges have like um, metropolitan on there, and and that's it. They don't have like where mm. or anything. Gotham City. Any other favorite aspects there, Prog? Or you won't, you won't I, I let everyone else, I let everyone else go because if 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 someone doesn't mention something, I'll pick it up. Weird weird thing. I quite like the credits. On the film, especially the especially the opening credits, because it, it's the way the way it goes from goes from the metronome, and you you hear the sort of the the crash of thunder, and then it goes it goes into the into into the credits, and you don't know it's obviously you find out later on in the film that it's it's John Doe John Doe because he's slicing the tips of his fingers off, but it's like the the song in the background as well is I'm I'm a big um, Nine Inch Nails fan, and it's um. Don't know maybe maybe it's the start of like David Fincher and Trent Reznor working together on other films. Um, I think it is the first one he did, isn't it? Yeah. No, Howard, Howard Shaw did the music for this one. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, he did. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's just as yeah, it just you, you it gives you an insight to the character, but you don't know it's an insight to the character until until obviously later on when you you know. Um, but yeah, Interesting like fact on that: eh? the um, in the opening credits, Kevin Spacey isn't named, is he? Because they no, spe- no. specifically didn't name him because they didn't want people to know. Be yeah, honest. When you all first watched it, did you know Kevin Spacey was oh, in it? No, I didn't. No. I didn't have a clue. I was no. just like, "Fuck, it's Kevin Spacey." To be honest, though, I probably wasn't even that familiar with Kevin Spacey. I know I would have been. Yeah, of course I would have been. It was early. Would it, early would it have mattered if you knew he was in there? Yeah, it's that thing you don't really want yeah, to know what well, killer. It's, it's it's interesting to not know what he looks like, isn't it? I mean, when you see his Kevin Spacey, you're like, because I knew Kevin Spacey at that point from um, Usual Suspects. That's the yeah. only one I'd seen, seen and, him. And I think I would have been the same. I, I would time I would have watched this, I would have seen the name in the opening credits, and, and I probably would have been looking out for him. And and the ref, I would have known him from the ref if, any, if anyone's ever seen that Christmas movie with Dennis Leary and Kevin Spacey. No, when Kevin, no man. Moving on. Well, the big one I knew Kevin Spacey from, if you take usual suspects out of it, but I first knew of him from uh, A Time to Kill. 
Fair enough. Strange film. I'm going to say I'm I'm going to drop a favorite aspect in quickly though. Um, sorry if I take this one away from you, Andrew, but uh, I'm going to say like the um, sort of like the murders. I, I know that's a weird thing to say, but like the how grim, and <laughs> like because you got to take for the nine for the for the nineties triple A list blockbuster like this. Yeah, they really go all out with the. They just go for it with the murders, don't they? Like, there's a fucking knife dildo in it. Um, people, it's just they're just grim. They're just really grim, aren't they? So, like, yeah. And that, they're kind of going to the prostitute murder, though. That is probably one of the first times I would have come across a situation in a film where someone would have to kill someone in order to stay alive. Yeah. And um, it's a it's a weird situation, and it's easy to say. I think, oh yeah, I wouldn't do that, but in, until you're in that situation, you never know where what you would do. Yeah. Um, well, when someone's got a gun to your head, obviously you get a bit desperate, Donny. But uh, I, I'll never forget the first time I watched this film, and I saw like, you just see that dildo of a knife on the end. I was like, what the fuck? It, it's just it was it's quite it's shocking. It's not it's, well. There's nothing now. You see that on fucking daytime TV these days. But back then, you know what I mean? It was like, it was just like, Jesus Christ. And also like the the, the opening with like, um, just this, just like how grim and like the, the bit with the fat guy, the dead fat guy at the beginning, who is played by Andrew Kevin Walker. I don't know if you knew that. Really? That's Andrew yeah. Kevin Walker, yeah, that's him. Oh, no, no, I know who you're thinking of. Sorry, he plays the guy before the fat man. The guy, the, the... The cop? No, no. When because there's a there's a murder before the before the fat guy. When when you get in, introduced to some to Somerset, and apparently it's like a crime of passion or some or something like that. That that there was two people oh. arguing in a flat, and it's um and someone shoots. Ah, oh, someone the shoots the yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry, Ad, I didn't want to didn't want to piss on you. No, it's better you than uh, all the enraged YouTube comments. But yeah, thunder and pissed on his chips. It's the wrong person, but I put, but yeah, um, that fat guy though. Can I just um ask a question about the fat guy though, right? Um, and this is this comes on to one of my first little. You're not going to get any sympathy from me. One of the first issues of the film, the guy, right? Oh, that wasn't your question, right? Sorry. No, no, one of my first, my my first little like, never really thought about this until now. Why do they immediately suspect that the fat guy is a murder when he could have just had a heart attack or something? Because he's really big. He's tied up. Oh, he's tied up, isn't he? Yeah, his ankles are tied. And his hands. No, we'll leave that one go. I just, I, I watched this first thing this morning, so I must just, uh, I must have... Yeah, but, you... but you, wa- you watched it before you had breakfast now, so you're probably thinking yeah. of food as you were watching that yeah. scene. Well, not really, because then they pull a bucket of sick from underneath the table and they're just, like, wretched, and you're a bit like, I'm going to wait another half hour for my breakfast, actually. <laughs> but you are right, though, Ad, in a certain, in a certain way, because... Homicide get called to it, don't they? Yeah. You know, it's it's not so some you know Yeah, yeah, but right, okay. So do you know the Mills and Detective? Uh sorry, Mills and and Somerset, when they're walking in, they're briefed by uh a beat cop. And the beat cop would have had to go in to find the body. Yeah, he's right. He's right. The, the, so that the, one, the, 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 the probability is the beat cop actually saw the hands and feet being tied, and from that you can obviously assume that the murder that there's a murder. But the one the one thing I will say, and you can't get around this question, the guy, right? Why are they using torches? Why not turn the light on? They tried. There's, there's lamps on every light bulb in the house isn't working because all the lamps work. 
They, all I'm going to say is, but they tried the lights when they went in. It didn't work. Yeah, but that's not the only time in the film that happens. It happens in John Doe's house as well. All right, I'm just, I'm, I'm just telling you about that particular moment. You asked about that moment, I just told you. They tried they're, the lights. They're always using torches in this film, and even in John Doe's house, and it's a bit like... What do you want? Oh. What do you want, Matt? They're following the X-Files. The X-Files, they did every episode. I tell I you know, another series that does it, a CSI. They yeah. love a flashlight in that, and they love one of those <sighs> naughty flashlights, you know, like a blue light one. I I do not know this at all, right? I'm just I'm just putting this out there. Is it at all possible that by putting the lights on, it could tamper the scene? No, I think I just think it's a thing where Americans just don't have big lights in their houses, and they only have lamps which are very dim. So you must, and so even in the middle of the day, you can't see anything in your house. It's pitch black, and you have to just go around with talk because that's all they do in this film. You're like, what the hell's going on with they like? Then we oh, haven't got a big light. <laughs> I mean, well, what, what else do you call a big light? No, I know. It's, I don't know if that's a, like a Welsh thing or a British thing or what, but yeah. But the, the, main, the, main, the main light, isn't it? I call it the big yeah, def, def, It's definitely a northern thing as well. Turn big light on. Uh, yeah, it's gone dark, put the big light on. Yeah. I just don't get why they're not using the big lights in the film. Okay, I'll give uh, you know, yeah, but let's be honest, Dad. In in direct in terms, you know very well that it was just for setting the scene. I know that, but like, come on. So actually, I'm disappointed in you that you asked that question because you know why they didn't have the lights on because it makes it more moody. I think they could have got away with it in the Fat Man House if by you saying that the big lights were working. But when they got the John Doe's house and he was in the flashlights again, I think they. Hmm. I think they, they over-egged it a bit there. They, they, they doubled down when they should They double-dipped and they shouldn't have done that. Yeah, but isn't it? Isn't John Doe's house, didn't they have loads of uh, blue lights? No, they're using flashlights in it. Yeah, no, it I know, but there were lights on in Joe Do, John Doe's yeah, house. Only the lamps. They only put the dimly... They only put these lamps on, which are like... They're literally like... They're like one of those little LEDs or something. That's again, again all right. I, I get what you're saying. In real life, you would put those lights on. But in film, in the film world, the director would rather a more moody scene, wouldn't he? A more sort of uh, visually arresting scene. Yeah, well, you know. If you put a big light on, then everything's blown out, and you know, you're just looking around like, oh, okay, that's a mess. I wasn't logically arrested into that. <laughs> I do have an issue, though, when films are really dark, because I used to have a TV for whatever reason. When it came to like normal um, TV viewing, the contrast and the brightness and everything worked fine. But whenever I put a DVD on, it were, I just I couldn't see anything. I had to like really put the brightness up. Mm. I tell you the problem with a dark film is you can't watch it in the day. I know. Yeah. Yeah, you got to like close the curtains, haven't you? To, yeah, to... and ho- and hope your TV isn't facing the curtains, uh, so you don't get the reflection, the glare. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing worse than glare. I, I, I got a couple more. Um, on, Andrew, Andrew, I'm oh, being... oh, sorry, he hasn't. Yeah, sorry. Um, well, you're probably going to mention it most of mine. You know, director, I was going to give a shout out to. You guys know more about him than I would. I, I like the cast in the sense of the two lead characters. I think they work very well off each other. We'll pr- probably discuss it in a moment, but one of my favourite scenes is... Um, when they first come together as a detective couple, let's put it that way, in the apartment after they've had food, 
Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I quite like that one, that scene. Um, but no, I, I to be honest, I love Morgan Freeman. He could have just had Morgan Freeman in there. I'm going to say this now. I think in this film, Morgan Freeman is perfect casting. Can I um, just say as well, a big shout out to um, Richard Roundtree, original, mm. original Shaft, and Ali Emery in there as well. Because uh, oh. I looked oh, yeah. on, I go on Wikipedia, right? And I'm not saying this guy's a bad actor, he's a great actor. But um, on Wikipedia, John C. McGinley gets like top billing next to Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman and Gwyneth Paltrow. I'm a bit like, yeah, he does, yeah. And I'm a bit like, he's good in it, but he's, he's just... He's I, a, he's I a, love a bit of Dr. Cox, right? Um, yeah. And I, In most things. But I don't think he's very good in this. He's just, he's, a, he's not bad. He's just, he's just not, he's just not a big character. He's like a cameo. He's like he's a not tiny, near enough, is he? He's a bit yeah. part, but I'm like, why didn't they give that to Ali Emery, who's a much more famous active than John C. McGinley? And he's... At, a, at, that, at that time, he was, anyway. I'd still say he is. Ali Emery's like a amazing actor he, and he has he has one of the best lines in the entire film when he when he's yeah. talk he's talking to he's talking to, to mills and somerset and someone phone someone phones that particular desk he just picks it up it's not even my desk that's, i love that line that's brilliant right well, i've got that it written down in my notes and i was racking my brains just before we came on the podcast thinking what did i mean by that literally like captain <laughs> this is not my desk this ain't even my desk <laughs> I, I love him i just love that we get like a a subdued. I know he's angry. I know he's quite angry in this, but he's a more subdued Ali Emery in this because so yeah. often he's screaming at the top of his lungs. But in this, he's like he's showing his chops a bit. I reckon he's he's pretty good. Right, you're gonna yeah. have to remind me, Richard Roundtree. Who is he in this? Um, he's the he... district attorney. Do you know when the lawyer gets murdered? He's the one giving the speech. Yeah. Uh, to the pay, to the news reporters, okay. and he's yeah. also uh, at the end where they try not. Uh, organize that plea bargain for John Doe. Ah, uh, okay, okay. It totally passed me by that it was him. Shaft. I Is love Richard. Bad, Richard Roundtree's brilliant. Class actor. Mm. I used to have the uh, Shaft box set when I was younger. It's good, that was. Shaft in Africa. Great. Is he he's even good in the remake of Shaft with Samuel L? Oh, uh, God, I haven't seen that in years. It was all right, though. It was a pretty good film, actually. Was that doing... was one of Andrew's purchases, that was. I, I, yeah, like it. Uni. Have, have, you ever, have you seen the newer version of it? No. <laughs> I'll leave it there. It's, well, uh... it's, it's, all, it's, it's actually Andrew, I've seen it. It's, there's all three shafts. Yeah, yeah. It? So you get Shaft, original, Richard Roundtree, Samuel Jackson, his son, and then Samuel Jackson has a son. Two. <laughs> I tell you the really good thing about the... um. Oh, and they and they smash ass in that film as well. But the amount of birds they get in it, they are they crush Fanny in that film. But they should have just been called. They, they, it's great, but like crushing ass. Yeah, <laughs> like I tell you what, though, they are they are all up in, they are all up in that Fanny in that film. But the, who's the, the guy that, that film has? It's just too comical. Yeah, but who directed Boys in the Hood? What's his name? John Singleton. John Singleton. Yeah. He directed the Sam Jackson one. Yeah. And it's a good film. It's a, it is, it got, I think it got bad reviews, but I've always really liked it. Yeah, I, no, did, I, I didn't just... mind it. I, yeah. you, and also, you had Christian Bale. It's one of the first films I remember Christian Bale being in. Yeah. This is, I don't know why people guess they're being a bonnet about it because they're all like, oh, no, no. It's like, it's like, have you seen the original Shaft, guys? It's like, the original Shaft is a, is a cheesy action cop film as well. Like, it's just, they're not that. They're not, they're not that different from each other, really, guys. But people get a bit wound up about the John Singleton one. But mm. you know. so yeah, I don't know what my favorite aspect was. Then. All right, Morgan Freeman. 
and Brad Pitt, but more Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman is great in this. He's so yeah. good. Was well, this was after he did Driving Miss Daisy, wasn't it? So he was like, no, this was a, this was after he did Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, but like, I want to mean, because Driving Miss Daisy is his first big role, wasn't it? That was the first role that put him on the map. No, Glory. Wait a minute! Whoa, whoa, whoa! Now, surely he's done Prince of Thieves by the time this has come out. Actually, sorry. Right, the first, oh, yeah. the first film role that put him on the map was Street Smart, because he got a, an Academy Award nomination for it. Then he did Glory and Driving and Driving oh, Miss Daisy. No, I'm right. Driving Miss Daisy was before it just pipped Glory to the post. It came. I up, just what, told you Street Smart. Were you not listening? It's not. It's said Street Smart. Right there, right there. Oh yeah, sorry, it, it was two years before. It, that didn't come up on his Wikipedia filmography. Blame but he got, he, got an, he got an Oscar nomination for it, so I don't know why he's not come up on that. But yeah, but he'd been in, he's been in loads of films. He did Robin Hood, and then Unforgiven, and then Shawshank, and then Seven. So he was a name. He was a name. He didn't start making Unforgiven. He didn't start doing good roles until he was about fifty, or did he? He, he fifty years old was when he started. Yeah, he's about 103, isn't he? Yep, he is, yeah. He's been around for years. He just, he just does those insurance adverts now, doesn't he? Plays God. <laughs> he's been in some good films of Morgan Freeman, I suppose. Oh, he's, yeah. If I um, ever get, like, not famous, but if I, there's ever a film about me and someone needs to narrate it, obviously it can't be Morgan Freeman because likelihood is he wouldn't be with us then. But I'd want a Morgan Freeman sound like to do the the sort of yeah the narration or if there was ever like a wonder years um sort of narration yeah fred savage it is it <laughs> and it was at that moment i knew it all gone tits. but the the best person for you would have been screech but unfortunately he's passed away oh, oh, I, not dead. Don't, I thought he's gonna say james l jones then that's like yeah. He, he, Andrew's not cool enough to get James Earl Jones narrated his life story. Oh. Well, come on. What else have we got before we move on to favourite scene? Oh. Yeah, come on, have you had a list? All oh, right, yeah. I got, I got, this better not be the cast again. No, no, it's not the cast. Although, yeah, all no. of them now. Um, <laughs> um, the, when, when Somerset goes to, goes to the library at, at late night, just, just like the decor, like the green lights and the brown and stuff like that, it's just, you know. I've been watching a lot of home makeover programs, and I just think our aesthetic's really good. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, and um, the the who would the, have thought, right? You would have got a segue from Seven to Home yeah. Makeover. What 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 is the best home makeover program at the moment, Ev? Oh uh, well, we've been watching the the, the 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 Property Brothers. Oh, I can't remember their names, but it's just like I know which one. I know oh, which one. Adam watches them, mate. Adam watches them. Yeah, oh, honestly, honestly, they've got the, they've got like Property Brothers Forever, Property Brothers Forever Home, Property Brothers The World Tour or something. Some they've got so many programs out, and it's just basically the same thing. Um, yeah. um, yeah, I, I and I don't know little little things like the like the makeup and prosthetics that that I put on Victor, I think were really good. Um. And also just the little things about the film, like when they when they're shaving their chests at the end, it's like the the two of them are having their last conversation together, and like it's at that point you they're almost like proper work like partners, 
So yeah. it's taken the whole film to get to that point, and it's their last conversation together, pretty much. Yeah, they um, finally they finally built the rapport, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I've got I've 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 got a load, but I'll get to them in a minute. Can we talk about my favourite scene then and move on to... Yeah, go for it, yeah. And and it's interesting that Ev says about, you know, towards the end of the film, they finally become a couple or, or, or a detective partnership. Yeah. Um, but I think the start of that then is that after-dinner scene where, you know, they, they've um, they just met Gwyneth... Or she, Morgan Freeman's just met Gwyneth Paltrow's um, uh, uh, character and then they're starting to... Um, pitch everything together and I, I could have picked a number of different scenes but it, I don't know why but it was that one that sat with me that this time um, and that you know they're just uh, bouncing ideas off each other and there's certain things like you know um, Brad Pitt didn't sort of want to let out that he'd had cliff notes um, <laughs> and yeah. you know that, that sort of like embarrassment that yeah he hadn't gone to a library and things to, to find this out or he didn't already know it what I, what I like about that scene as well is you can see how well the, the screenplay is written because it's not like massive dollops of here's character, you know, development. Mm. or But it's little details. Like like you said with Brad Pitt's character where he's he sort of lets slip that he's uh, been reading what Somerset has given him. But also you see that Somerset can't really let it go. Yeah. You see, you you see why he went to the chief and asked to be taken off the case because he knew he knew then that he wouldn't have been able to let it lie. He had to see it through, and also I love the little touch where he gives him the the wine in the in the oh, glass, okay. yeah. in the glass yeah. and, and Morgan Freeman doesn't notice it until he picks it up to stop it spilling when the when the subway rolls past and he gives it a double look, doesn't he? Just little stuff like yeah, this is a good scene that. Um, I, I mentioned just a moment ago, like the library. Here's a fact for you: that library or the building has been used in another film, but it wasn't a library. It was a bank. And, and do you know the film? I'd be really shocked if, if I, you. I, I think it. I think I might know what film this is. It's, it's a film that came out a year earlier. The Mask. Yeah, well done, man. And I complete guess. I thought that place seemed familiar when I was watching. I was going, "This has a really familiar vibe to it." And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, um, I don't know. It's, it's all, I don't know if it's on a film set somewhere or if it's, if it's an actual building out in the wilds. But yeah, well, it's... sometimes they just reuse a lot. Of films just re they just reuse famous locations, don't they? It happens all the time. It's like the cliffs from Star Trek. They've popped up in loads of films over the years. I'm sure, I'm sure the mask uses um. The Ghostbusters Fire Station too, or or the in yeah, it might do actually for the uh, bit with the two plumbers. No, 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 um, you mean the mechanics have the pipes up their ass? Yeah. You mean, you mean the interior or the exterior? Ed? The the interior. Uh, so the interior is um is a lot, isn't? Or, um, oh, a lot a... in LA, and it, it's it's yeah. it's also used in um Big Trouble in Little China. It's Egg Shen's um sort of garage. This Egg is Shen. It? Yeah. Oh, six demon bag. <laughs> What's you in know, an egg? Every podcast, Big Trouble in Little China comes up in the conversation. It's, That's hey, just like, it's, every, a seminal, it's a seminal film, man. Yeah, yeah. It's six degrees of um, yeah. Big Trouble in Little like China. It's like Kevin Bacon, but in celluloid form. Ah, you you just need to relax and just let it enter you, with. 
fucking awful. <laughs> it's a fucking travesty of cinema that is. But what? What is? What? Big trouble. Oh my god. Absolute <laughs> shite. There we go. That's my thoughts on Big Trouble in Little China. It's not a mic, but it's a pen. Can, can, I, can I issue a vote of no confidence in Adam now? Get him off. <laughs> oh, he had a vote of no confidence when he said he wanted to come on this podcast. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I am the cockroach of ruin the movies. He had, a, he, had a second, he had a second vote of no confidence when I realised how... Uh, Disgraceful his rating system was in his fucking notebook. He's got. <laughs> I thought we get. I can't wait to get the right rating on the end of this one because um, <laughs> it's not so much. It's not so much. The thing is, I watched another film the night before, and yeah. um, it's just when you compare those two ratings together, that's when things get a bit tricky. Film watched as well. I know we'll wait, no, we'll wait until the end to reveal all that. Okay, wait until the well, very I, end. Well, we now need to rush through this podcast because I want to oh. know. But um, <laughs> yeah. what other scenes of people got? Um, I love, I love on. when they get into uh, John Doe's um, apartment after after the chase and all that, and then Mills is apoplectic, so he boots the door down, and Morgan Freeman's going nuts at him. And he gets that the the girl from the street to lie, and she's talking. And he's like, "I love when she's like, uh, yeah." And he was there, and he was acting all crazy and creepy and shit. And he, she's just saying whatever, just so they got some sort of evidence to have allowed them to get into that apartment. But what I like is the way that they move through the apartment slowly, and you you mm. see all these little details of who John Doe might be and what he's been up to. I just really, I really like that scene. Watching this time, I could have picked any number of scenes. I'm sure Adam or Evan might pick some of the other ones I was on about. Like, I got, I got, I sorry, I now that we're on that scene, I've just got to pull things apart and I'll not like rip on it, but like I've just there's some things to think about with that scene, right? I could not shake from my mind when I was watching that scene, right? So, first off, I've written this down imagine living in that murder flat just surrounded by murdery things all day. How fucking depressing is his life, man. He's just in you're that John, you're talking about a serial murderer. Why are you even... I know, but, like, come on. It's got to get to a point some days. He's a bit like, you know, I might chuck loose women on for a bit. I need something that's not murder right now going on. And, like, those diaries in his flat. Then they said, like, those diaries. Yeah. He had, like, what was it, like, 20,000 pages of estimated or something like that? I think they said he had, like, 200 diaries of 100 pages each. Yeah. Yeah. There's got to be other things. I, I, I want to... I'd love to pour through those things. I mean, we've got to come up to things at some point being like, you know, his top 10 albums, his top 10 films. Like, just things like a cupcake recipe or something in there. It they can't might, just be murder. No, they All might... Murder. Yeah, but you, no, the point of them... The point of them uh, highlighting those diaries, if you remember, Morgan Freeman's character read out the passage from the diary and it was nothing to do with the murder. It was about a sexual encounter, but also there was another encounter where this guy on the train tried talking to him. So it was just, it was just nothing detailed. Yeah. Like, I'd love to just like be those cops reading through that and just being like, oh, look at this, um, cupcake icing methods. And just, just something like that. Because like when they said, but I don't know why, but I found it really funny when they were like, there's 200 books, there's 200 diaries in here. All with just his murder stuff. It's his murder thoughts. 
No one murder. said anything about murder thoughts, Ad. I you know, but that's what you're getting. It's, it's murdery murder thoughts, and then just like <laughs> murdery. I, I, no, no, <laughs> you missed. No, you missed the point. Like every waking moment, he's in. The, look, I know he's rich, right? He's got money, John Doe. He's got loads of money, but like to write two hundred books, like double each line in that page has got double lines on it. So this tiny, tiny right in the garage. What of the effort that took? Just writing one murder thoughts. Don't. But it's not it's not effort to him though. I know, but like he must be fucking tamping at all times. He must just get on with it. What are John? What do you reckon John Doe likes to listen to though? Like when he's not doing murder, murder stuff. What do you reckon he? What kind of music do you reckon he likes? Do you reckon he checks on an album sometimes? Shit, shit, yeah. The um, what's that one she did for that film, Mermaids? Oh, Snoop, the Shoop Shoop song. Imagine him listening to the Shoop Shoop song or something like that. Yeah. Just putting that on for a bit, like, and like, what films is he like? Probably Mermaids. That's probably his favorite film. <laughs> or hand in hand. No, he probably he, he probably thinks the View to a Kill is the best Bond film. Oh, <laughs> fuck, fuck that guy. Yeah. He probably loves um. He probably loves Road Road Trip as well. Well, Road Trip came out after Seven. Oh, you know, it's it's you know. Um, you might want to cut this bit out of the podcast actually. <laughs> no, I'm not in that. <laughs> I'm, alluding to, I'm alluding to an actor with Kevin who's Kevin Spacey has uh, legal problems with. Um cut that, cut that, cut that, cut that out. Come on. No, keep Shop that, that out. Le- le- litigation coming you. You made your bed, Dad. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Kevin. Uh, he watches K Packs. He does watch K Packs though. That's that's that must be on there and stuff. He watches his own film. <laughs> he just watches horrible bosses too. K packs and road trip. That's all he watches. That's Adam, why he, mur- that's why he forgot- murders people. Adam's forgotten all concept of time, yeah. <laughs> that's why he murders people all the time. Go on, Ev. What's your favorite scene, Ev? All right, go on. I've I, I got a couple. Um, the you're allowed the, one. Oh, come on. Right, I'll get, right. All right. Then. Um, going going off the going off the back of back of um, uh, of what Andrew said that. I like the. I've got. I've got to pick two. I can't just pick. I can't just I'm pick the one. one I gotta pick, no, I got. No, I got. No, I got to pick two. Could have picked four by. The no, I got pick Adam's got to pick one as well. Oh, so all right, all right. Then I'll go through. I'll go through quickly. Then I like um when when John Doe's in the car at the end with the with Mills and Somerset. I quite like that. Um, and also I like the, I like the chase scene. Well, every everything leading leading to when they when they get to his door. Up until they leave his apartment, so after mm-hmm. the phone call that he makes, and it includes a long shot in there, and you know, you know, long shots are lovely. Like, um, well, but it's but basically it's it's the long shot of the corridor when he comes when he comes around with his groceries. I think that's brilliant. Like, um, sorry, can I ask a question about that scene? I've got I have got a question about that scene again. Um, the film is not the film's got problems here. Why does he shoot them? Because because he, he knows who they are. But they don't know who he is at that moment. Why didn't he just walk away? Or why didn't he just walk on the other side of the corridor? That's all I was thinking doing. I was like, why did he shoot them for? He knows what Brad Pitt looks like. They're going to get in the flat anyway. Why did he shoot them? And he was not planning for that. He didn't expect them to be there. If he's all this smart guy, I just kept thinking, why don't you just walk up there and just turn left and just pretend you're going to another flat. He didn't, he'd already turned right. He'd already turned into the, the corner where his flat was. If you watch the scene again, though, you, there's more corridor for him to walk down. He could have just been like, oh, just, I just walk away. 
Yeah. You know, it's not like... No, John Doe's not a panicky guy. I mean, he writes those murder books all day. I mean, he's pretty composed. Like, but he, he, but if, he, I, if Adam much... wants there to be a problem with the film, he'll find a problem with the film. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but like, okay, well, I'm, okay, if it's, if it's not a problem, then why didn't he just walk away? I, 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 I you said maybe panic. No, no, and, okay. listen, listen, listen. I got, my theory is that he's the sort of guy who plans everything. Everything yeah. to the letter of the law. This is going to happen. This is the scenario. Or this, if this happens, this is the scenario. And I reckon he hadn't banked on them finding out who he was because they the... did it in an illegal way, and it, that was the only way they could have found out that. Mm. Yeah. And, and I do generally just think, being the guy he is, he hadn't factored it in. He, he was like, "How have they found me? This, you know, th- this isn't planned for." Shit, and then just panicked. That's how I read it, anyway. Ad, what's your favourite scene? Um, it's probably the ending with the head in the box. That's head the best scene box. in the film. I always thought that you saw the head, but you don't, do you? No. You see blood on the box, but you never see the head. Yeah. And um, strands of hair as well. No, it's just the blood. Cause it... Well, this is quite funny, quite interesting um, aspect, actually, because... Um, they did some research and they asked people who went to the cinema if they saw the head in the box. And like a large proportion of them said, yes, I saw a head in the box. And at no point has there ever been, I think, a an edit where there was a head. No, I, I do wonder, though, if when you're watching it initially for the first time, you get that flash frame of Tracy Dunyu in Brad Pitt's. Do you know when Brad Pitt is deciding what he's going to do? whether he's going to shoot John Doe or not. Isn't it that flash cut of Tracy, his wife? It could be, I don't know. But, but what, what they suggested was, the way that the story is told and, and the way it builds up, and you know, people you know, just had an image in their mind of what it would be. How old is Gwyneth Paltrow? She's been around for years, hasn't she? She doesn't seem I to have aged. She was really young in this, wasn't she? Mm. Well, did you know, did is... you know Gwyneth Paltrow was in Hook? Was she really? Yeah, yeah. she was. She Wendy. was young Wendy. Yeah, Wendy Moira, back. Angela Darling. Yeah. I didn't know that. Gwyneth Paltrow's mom is um, Ben Stiller's mother-in-law in uh, Meet the Parents. Yes. <laughs> Blythe Dana. I had an interesting fact about Hook, and I've forgotten what it is. <laughs> oh, isn't it that Steven Spielberg's in it, and Catherine Kennedy? Or whatever her name is. Is he? Well, are they part of Captain Hook's tribe? Are they? No, as um, they're, they're walking over the bridge as they're sort of flying away in the first part of the film, I think. Um, it's one of those roles you'd never know it was them until someone told you. A bit like um, Daniel Craig in Star Wars. Shall we move on to changes? I've just got a few comments more than anything. Like, Sorry, I've got, I've got loads and loads of notes here. Um, why does Mills have three dogs in that tiny apartment? He has three dogs, and they're not even small dogs. They've got f- no three. Oh, is he? Yeah, three, and he's they're, they're massive dogs in that tiny little apartment. Wow. Well, oh, um, why we're... does anyone have dogs, bro? Yeah, you're asking hey. the wrong person there, bro. Um, <laughs> uh... Oh, your video's gone, and yeah, oh, I'm back. you're back. Um, Back. John John Doe's apartment. Um, 
Did anyone notice the pummel horse? No, like a gymnastics yeah. horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got he's got a pummel horse. Like when if he, it's it's only like a split sort of you know like a couple of second shot. But when they're going through his like through his living area and whatever, like from his kitchen down to like the down to the lounge the lounge area bit, he's got a massive pummel horse in the middle. Um, yeah, well, just keeping fit then. Well, Wild Bill's leather shop. You gotta wonder whether there's actually a shop like that, which which makes those sorts of things. And even even Wild Bill himself said that with the with the with the strap on the knife sort of dildo thing, he said he's made weirder shit than that. So it's like you gotta wonder what you know what people ask for. Um Well, he doesn't he imply as well, like he comes in, he has a lot of artists and you know, yeah. that sort of I once saw a guy, I don't know if you and Prague were there. Um, in university, it was one of those like nights where I don't know certain circus delay or whatever they call it come in. There's a guy with an angle grinder on it. On oh yeah, crotch. yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, I've 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 seen women do that on their um on their breasts too. Was that the same night as they brought that snake, that python in? Yeah, they had like an albino python, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, was that was that like a burlesque night or something? No, I try and think no, it was what like, it was called. It was or, a BDSM night. Or like a fetish night or something <laughs> in school. Like everyone was dressed up in like leather and all, on all sorts. And there was just like us in shorts, not, uh, we had jeans and t-shirts. We stood out like sore thumbs. Um, the time I ever touched the snake. And only time I've ever touched the snake. Not a euphemism there. No. I expected <laughs> it to be like wet, cold and slimy. And it wasn't at all. If, if in fact it was the exact opposite. Mm. One thing I will mention about the cast, however, the the receptionist of the of the brothel, um, he was in the crow. The one who looks like John Claude Van Damme. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. The um, oh he's he's uh, he's he... having an interview with Brad Pitt, in the in like the the police interview room. I can't remember who he plays in. Is it Fun Boy? No. Fun Boy, yeah. Is it? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he's in something else as well. Um, because I recognized him, oh, and I can't think what I've got. I've got he's been in quite a few films, he's been in The Lost Highway and The Amazing Spider Man. Oh, Michael Massey is it? Is that his name? Michael Mass, yeah, Massey, yeah, yeah. And also, shout out to the to the victim, uh, a guy called I think it's Leland Orso, I think his name was the the actual um, the victim of a. Uh, the well, I see the the strap on, just like just the acting for that. It's just brilliant. Really good. I know yeah, I know it's not change, but it's just general comments. Anyway, I'm done. That Leland also also is in uh, Bone Collector, isn't he? I've never seen it. Oh, there's a, a good film, really good film. I think you've never seen Bone Collector. Ed. I I thought you would have been all over that because that was a blatant seven, not rip off, but like. Is that Denzel? Yeah. And Angelina I, Jolie. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Angelina Jolie. I, I, I don't know. I haven't seen it for years and I can't remember if it is that good or not, but I enjoy you. That was another one of Andrew's uh, VHSs. Well, I thought you had it. No, that was you yours. Fallen. No, I had Fallen. You had Bone Collector. Yeah. Fallen's the, not bad. It'd be the yeah. Bono collector, collector if uh, Evan was watching it. He loves a bit of Jolie. 
there's a very uh, erotic scene in that film, though, isn't there, where uh, Denzel's paralysed and he can only use his fingers and, and, and he's sleeping and Angelina Jolie basically just hand shags his finger. Very sensual, Ev. Wait, wait. Are you taking the piss here? I don't remember this. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> no, that doesn't happen, does it? Yeah. He's sleeping, so she feels up his finger, Denzel Washington's finger, the only finger he can use, because he's, he's, he's always got it on a mouse, hasn't he? Well, why are we talking about Denzel? Fact for you. That... Do you want to ask Adam about his changes? No, no, I'm going to put this in, right? right. Sorry, Ad. But um, David Mills, so Brad Pitt, was originally offered to Denzel Washington. But he turned it down. Do you know who else was offered Mills? Mel Gibson. Sylvester Stallone. (laughs) Can I just say, say, right, if Denzel Washington had played Mills, this film would be nowhere near as good as it is now. Like, I can't deal with a Denzel Washington film, but he just, the eyes my fucking head in. (laughs) Oh, but... That actor, fuck me, he gets in my nerves. I can't do it. You don't like Denzel? Everyone's got one actor they can't handle, and Adam is Denzel Washington. Same character in every fucking movie he's in, and it just grates on my nerves, man. And also, I don't think he would have played well enough against Morgan Freeman as Brad Pitt does. Have you ever watched a film with Denzel Washington in Ad and thought, yeah, he he was good in that? No, I've seen films with him which I thought was a good film, but I've never thought he's a good actor in a film. I, I'm always just like, he is just being the same cool guy he plays in every movie he's ever in. I'm telling you, that's all he does is play cool guy. And it just gets on my nerves. I don't know I what. I films now that he's in. I can... Like, I do like the film Man on Fire, but that's for Tony Scott. Yeah. See, I don't like that film. We're not a fan of it at all. Yeah. Have you, seen, you haven't seen Glory, have you? No, no, that's a good film. He's not a cool guy in that, but that's, yeah, that's one of his first. Still Denzel in that. Isn't Matthew Broderick in that? Yeah, fucking hell, it's like mine and yours worst worst film. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, that's the film that I actually quite like Matthew Broderick in. He's quite good in that one. Why? Why are we talking about other people to play in roles? Al Pacino was considered for the um, for Somerset. That's an interesting choice, but. I'm, I'm happy the women with Morgan Freeman. He's got like, he, he has that wisdom thing going on that uh, yeah. Morgan Freeman does. I, I've got someone else who was offered Somerset, and that was Gene Hackman. Oh, I, that like, would have been, been a good shout. Again, great actor, but like, just uh, Morgan Freeman just has that, 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 that wise old detective thing going on, doesn't he? Much better. And you believe that Morgan Freeman's about to retire and stuff, and he's like, I don't know, you just buy him as a man of culture. I've got one final one, right? This might be a bit left field. John Doe was was offered. I don't know if he was offered, but um, Michael Stripe or Stipe or whatever his name is from REM, R-E-M. was yeah. considered for the role. What? Why? <laughs> Thing is, he looks like Kevin Spacey. Uh, okay, that's a weird one. I tell you what, though, I got some changes by you. I got three changes by you. I'm going to go through them. One by one, right? First one's not really a change. It's more of like a... It's a bit stupid. Why are they pulling guns on the half-dead sloth guy? Come on, arm. He's fucking dead, pretty much. 
and it's just fucking ripping guns out. There's like 50 SWAT guys with shotguns blasting on him, just like, and I'm just a bit like, mate, he's not going to pull out a fucking samurai sword as he ends up cutting heads off at this point. I think there's a line about that, though, isn't there? When the SWAT team are going in, Morgan Freeman says they love this. So it's almost like they were going to go in armed to the teeth, no matter who was in there. Yeah, but they just do it all. They're always putting guns out on people in this summer, but um, it's America for you. Next scene, this is going to be a controversial one. It's not really, this isn't really a funny, jokey, ha-ha one. This is a scene I found really boring, and I just, I've always found it boring when I watch it. This is the Gwyneth Paltrow, Morgan Freeman diner scene. Ah, right. So, (laughs) I'll come to my point on this in a minute, right? But I, I'm, I'm sort of with you a little bit on this ad. Yeah. That the, the baby element to this film, is it needed? Well, yeah, because the baby element's fine. I'm fine with that bit in there because I'm a bit like, it's more along, it's more along the lines of the 50,000 minutes around that bit of exposition, what it feels like anyway. We just like that. Come on, let's get back I, home. I think, I think it's a well-written scene I, I I agree with you though. It, it almost it's not in keeping with the film. I would have. I know this is cheesy, but it would have been fifty million times better if there was just a scene where it just cut to Gwyneth Paltrow pissing on a stick and, and going I'm pregnant, and just move on. Because <laughs> that bit with the Morgan Freeman thing is so boring. Like, the, not, the only the only thing I don't like about that Morgan Freeman scene is that she phones him. I know it's weird. It's out of, but it just feels like it should be a deleted scene. Yeah. It's almost like you're saying, what, she couldn't have phoned her sister or mother or friend to talk she about it? Does she have the hot to Somerset, though? So here's my, here's my bit about the film, that scene, right? Morgan Freeman, it, how glad is he when he gets that page? He's just sat there. She's got a crying woman on him. She's just said she's pregnant. She doesn't know what to do. I'd be like, fucking wrong. <laughs> You've only met her once before. Yeah, yeah. It was like, it was a text from Domino's Pizza. He's like, oh, i got to go. <laughs> <laughs> like, how relieved was he? It's a bit like, and I think I've mentioned this to you previously, that um, within my work, I've, um, I've had a couple of like people cry on me as their manager. And I'm like, I am got a fucking clue what to do here. <laughs> yeah. Is that Tap why you marry Because she doesn't cry. Wow. <laughs> Tap him on the shoulder. It's all right. Don't worry. Yeah. There's nothing. It was one finger. Yeah. <laughs> but with Rich, if she cries, I can put my arms around her. You can't do it in a work scenario. I'll be done. Right. Let's start thinking about wrapping this up. I'm going to ask the final question we always do. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You need his rating. Oh, we're there, but let's recommend first, and oh, then we'll have the rating. So, Ev, would you recommend? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would. Prog? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Ad? Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's a great film. <laughs> I wasn't really unsure where he's oh, going. Well, the... oh, I, I still like his film. I still like the film. It's just like, you know, it's just, it's just got... It's just when you... The thing is, the, the problem with the film is this, Gary. The first time you watch it, you are so wrapped up in it, it is just like, fuck, this is crazy. But... That's the thing when a film is like like that. When you rewatch it, I think you start to notice things a bit more. And like, mm. you know, you, it's something that happens with crime thrillers like this sometimes. Because like, it's a great film, but like, it's never as good as the first time you watch it. That's the only, that's the only problem it has. But it's not really a problem. It's just like that's just the film's deal, I guess. You know. But um, yeah, this is how it is. 
Right then, Ad. First things first, what film did you watch the night before watching this? I watched Final Destination 5. Right. Right. That's Which I, I, I know because I saw on Facebook is you a favorite yeah. out of the franchise. My favorite out of the Final Destination franchise, yeah. And you like and you do really like the franchise. Um so what rating did you one, first of all, give Final Destination five, and then what rating did you give this? Can I prefix this a second and say that I heard Adam laughing a lot from the living room when he was watching Final Destination 5? I, I did laugh, yeah. It, it's a fucking great film. Um, I give Final Destination 5 a 9 out of 10 because, you know, it's, it got a 9, right? But um, it's, it's got the same score as Final Destination 2. But 7 got an 8 out of 10. <laughs> I'm, I love the films, right? But there's different, you know... Um, you know, it is a horror film in Final Destination 5, and I do have a bit of a soft spot for horrors. And, um, but I think the filmmaking and stuff in Final Destination 5 is just a little bit better. I think it's just... Like, <laughs> so if you were going to recommend one of, one of those two films, you'd recommend Final Destination uh, 5? Absolutely. Final Destination 5 has some of the um, <laughs> some of the best deaths I've ever seen in a movie. I mean, I, I do want us to start watching the Final Destination films on this podcast at some point, because I just think that, like... We'd all have a good time. The only bad Final Destination film is number four. That's the only one that's just fucking awful. But one and two and five are just masterpieces, in my opinion. Masterpiece movies. Uh, I think if, if anyone agrees with that, leave a comment below. I'll, I, let's leave on a fact. Normally I do box office. I haven't got box office. So I've got it if you want it. Go on, read it out. Budget was thirty-three million, and the box office was three hundred and twenty-seven. I got a second fact for you. Boom! I got a second spooky fact about that. Go on. It was the seventh highest-grossing film of nineteen ninety-five. Ooh! Do you know what? That's true as well. You can look it up. And it was released in the seventh month of the year. <sighs> it wasn't really. It was in September. Yeah. Oh. It was released on the seventh month, on the seventh year, on the seventh day, on the seventh <laughs> hour. There it was, and it was the seventh highest grossing. Would you be tempted to do something like that if you named your film a particular thing? Would you be tempted to like stack it up like that? Well, the well, only did that, didn't they? When I was younger, sorry to drag the ending on a little bit, here, but when I was younger, I, I, I'd have to look this up again because I haven't done, I haven't looked it up. But I always remember there was a sequel teased about this for ages called. Eight. Eight, yeah. I always remember there was like, when there, there was always like rumours about it online being like, eight, what's eight going to be about? And I was uh, always like... The, the, the studio were banding around a, um, a script called Solace, but it would have been um, a follow... I don't think it was a prequel. No, it was a follow-up, and it was Detective um, Somerset. But like, how could you make a sequel to this stuff? I mean, Somerset's retiring. Mills is... Career's ruined at the end, and John Doe's dead. There's nothing really. Well, what would have happened to Mills then? Would he have gone to prison? Yeah, I yeah, think he would have, yeah. yeah. Well, you don't know. I mean, maybe. Unless he's completely. Yeah, no, well, may, maybe they brushed it under the carpet, the, the police force, and just, you know. No, he, he definitely would have went to prison because um, he's a man of the law, and um, you can't just shoot a prisoner in the head. I mean, even, that's the thing of being a cop, right? You can't, like, you can't just shoot a criminal, even if they have done something to someone you love. And um, I reckon it is my take from the end, which is that he goes to jail. His life's in, maybe not like 50 million years in jail, but like 
probably a good 10 years in prison, five, 10 years in prison for doing that. Well, they considered a different ending. So, um, yes, there would have been a head in the box, but Somerset shoots John Doe. But it was I, I, quite liked, I quite liked that idea, but I'm glad they went with the ending they did. And it was Brad Pitt, supposedly, who suggested that, you know, if you, if you found a loved one's head in a box, you probably wouldn't think twice about yeah. shooting up. It's a, good, it's a great ending, but, like, it's just, it's, it's a bit annoying, in a sense, that, like, he wins. John Doe, and that's good, actually, because that's what the film's... That's the dilemma, though, isn't it? If you're Mills, do you shoot? Do you kill him and let him win? But, like, that's the thing. It's like, if you let him live, though, he has to go to prison for the rest of his life and just be like, for fuck's sake. I (laughs) know. He's just stewing in a prison knowing he didn't win. Yeah, that's what I mean. Because, like, that's the whole thing of vengeance, though, isn't it? Like, well, good revenge solvers. Usually the the sort of undercurrent or point or whatever is about vengeance solves nothing. Yeah. Obviously. He's just fucked himself over and given him his masterpiece. And also, his wife was a bit annoying anyway. So, like, <laughs> I'm joking. That was a joke. That was a joke. I, I actually, she's lovely. Gwyneth Paltrow is in this film. On that bombshell, podcasts come out every week. It's a joke. It was a joke. <laughs> Check out the social media and our YouTube channel. Cheers, all. Bye.